Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, Lead Pastor Greg Dumas continues our Into the Trenches series with a message titled, Seek Wisdom First. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Amen, Church. Can we welcome our campuses? Say hi to South Shore and Plant City. What's up? Come on, let's give them a big hand. God is good. Welcome. We're delighted that you're here. Welcome to those of you who are online. You know, now I think more than ever, more than any other time in history, we need wisdom and discernment, don't we? We need wisdom. We need discernment to discern what's the word of God and what's the word of man. Really, those distinctions are big. It seems like every sort of passing decade, every 10 years that goes by, I just, there's just this sort of sense that it's harder and harder to discern the line between what's true and what is false. And, and you know, we see this in culture. A lot of what we're dealing with right now in our nation is this understanding, this sense, wisdom and discernment about what is, what's true, what's really right. How do we know how to discern it? How do, how do we move forward in this season that we're in? How many of you know God is bigger than the COVID narrative? Come on. God's bigger. He is. He's bigger than the narrative is. And uh, this year, let me encourage you, as we go through 2022, welcome into the, the new year if you're just getting here. <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you what, we've got amazing teachers and so thankful for Michael Pippen and Stephen Robles and those who filled the pulpit. Just incredible, incredible. And Michael Jr. was a lot of fun, wasn't he? Michael Jr. was a lot of fun. If you missed that, you can go back and, and check it out and look. This year, let me encourage you, find one word. Everybody say one word. Find one word for the year. Just one word. Just one word. Find one word. Pray and ask the Lord as we're going in our 21-day fast. God is doing amazing things already. Um, I wanted to just tell you that uh, this year, starting in the fast, I've had more grace. And this, is, this was uh, attested to by another person. I've had more grace. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? I've had the easiest time getting into fasting. We're four days in, start on Thursday, and it's not too late, church. We've had the, I've had the easiest time getting into fasting that I've ever had, and we've fasted for years and years. It's 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. So when you find this one word, build your life, build your year out of the one word. The, the word that God gave me this year was unity, unity. And so it could be a characteristic of God, it could be an attribute, it could be a color green. It doesn't matter what it is, just listen to the Lord and get that one word for the year so that you can build around, they say, why one word? So that we can minimize distractions. We need to not be distracted. So do you know that 90% of the people that start, you know, kind of the New Year's resolutions, right, it's what we do, and I don't know if you're like me, but when I start the New Year's resolution, I'm totally excited and I put 12 things I need to change. Come on, can I get an amen? Okay, by the, the stats say that by mid-January, 90% of the people have completely stopped what they started January 1st, 90%. Okay, 90% at this stat is not the right stat we want, right? Just make it one thing. Just one word that God can build out and let it be emotional, spiritual, psychological, physical, let it be whatever it is and just build from that one point. And I believe that might give us a little, a little head start to get going in the right direction. Okay. Let's pray and go to the Lord and then uh, let's get going in the message. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. Thank you. We receive from you all that you want to do. 
We receive your power, your grace, your goodness, and in Jesus' name, thank you for 2022. Do what only you can do, for it's in Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen and amen. Amen. One of the most blessed men in all of Israel's history, one of the richest men in history as well, uh, even richer than uh, Jeff Bezos. I know that's hard to believe for some of us, right? He sought first, everybody say first, wisdom and discernment from God. Wisdom and discernment, and God gave him everything else to come along with that. Just to put it in perspective, Jeff Bezos, he's the founder of Amazon. Uh, I don't know about you, but Amazon comes to our house about 40 times a day. Right. Amazon, if it comes to your house, I don't know how they have time to go to your house. They, they, Amazon, Amazon is coming, coming to my neighbor's house, coming to everybody around me. Uh, Jeff Bezos is worth $188 billion. That's with a B, billion dollars. King Solomon, the man that we're going to be referencing to talk about wisdom and discernment, would have been worth, if you were to calculate sort of his net worth when he was the ruler of Israel in antiquity, he would have been worth 2.2 trillion, with a T, trillion dollars. 2.2 trillion dollars. I know that's hard to calculate today. We don't need to spend too much time thinking about it. That's, that's, so, so what God is, so how can a man who is so blessed, so blessed, what did he get? What did he start out with? What did he ask for? Join me in the scripture, 1 Kings 3, 5, 7, through 14. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, ask, what should I give you? So the Lord visits him, and he's a king at the time. He's the son of King David, and he says, my God, Lord my God, you have now made your servant king in my father's David's place, yet I'm just a youth with no experience in leadership. Your servant is among your people, and you have chosen a people too numerous to be, come, uh, to be counted, too many people to be counted, uh, amazing, would have been millions at the time. So give your servant an obedient heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. This is a, this is a pretty significant request that God says, just whatever you ask for, because of your father's integrity, because of your father's grace, what he's done, he's a man after my own heart, whatever you want, Solomon, this is, this is King Solomon, Solomon says, just give me discernment and wisdom. Give me those two things. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had requested this. So God said to him, because you have requested this and did not ask for long life or riches for yourself. How many of you would be tempted like me to ask for long life and riches? Just, okay, God, you know, long life's good. Riches, great. You know what I mean? Could you make me lose 40 pounds in that as well? Uh, and you've not asked for death, the death of your enemies, but you ask for discernment for yourself to understand justice. How important is that? To understand justice, I will therefore do what you have asked and I will give you a wise and an understanding heart. So right here, the Bible says that God can actually give us a wise and discerning heart so that there has never been anyone like you before and there will never be anyone like you again. In addition, I will give you what you did not ask for, both riches and honor, so that no man in any kingdom will be your equal during your lifetime. And if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commands, just as your father David did, I will give you long life as well. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. amen. So we ask for the right thing. The message title today is Seek Wisdom First, to seek the wisdom of God first. You can't buy it, you can't buy it. We gotta seek it from the Lord. As we look back into trench warfare in World War I, 
There was an entire lexicon of terms that the soldiers used while fighting, and some were fun to keep them upbeat and to make sure that they, they just kind of kept their sanity in the trenches. We're talk, the series is in the trenches, and others were, they might sound a little strange, but they were really life-saving uh, idioms. Troops that were sent to the Balkans in the Middle East often didn't have a good idea of where they were located. And so in order to find out, and sort of, they kind of made up a word of some words that they already knew, Mesopotamia and Thessalonica, and they came up with a word to say, where are we? And they would say, Mesopolonica. And so Mesopolonica is not a real biblical place, all right? But you can have some fun. In the next Bible study you're in, ask them if they know where Mesopolonica is. And if anybody in the group says yes, then say, turn to second hesitations where we can find the reference. Okay? And uh, if you're new, second hesitations isn't in the Bible either. Okay? So the soldiers would come up with things to kind of entertain themselves a little bit. There was another word called whizbang. And the soldiers were used to some of the artillery, the firepower that was coming at them in World War I. And by size or effect or even sound, and a whizbang came from a high velocity um, artillery that didn't give them time. A lot of them at that time in World War I, you could hear them and then you could say, hey, it's coming and you could move. These whiz bangs were too quick. So they couldn't have time to inform their brother that they needed to hide or whatever it is. And so a whiz bang was something that they discerned enough. They were so sensitive to what they were hearing that they would say whiz bang and then inform others to get to hiding and get to safety. And here's what I wanna say. As Christians, we need to be that informed, don't we? Because whiz bangs come at us all the time. I feel like since, since COVID, I mean, the world, isn't, don't you feel like the world is just upside down, church? And so we need to have wisdom and discernment to just hear and see what's going on, be able to call out the whiz bangs and to move into security and safety. King Solomon had big shoes to fill. His father, David, was an incredible man, a man after God's own heart, very successful military leader, very, very successful leading the nation. Uh, and so what kind of legacy would Solomon leave? So he could have asked for riches or wisdom or long life, have you seen? But he said, give your servant, come on, say it with me, an obedient, say it with me, an obedient heart. Wow. God, give me wisdom and discernment, give me wisdom and discernment. Many believe that Solomon, this man, was the wealthiest man, the single most wealthiest man who, had ever, who has ever lived on planet Earth, but also many believe that he was the wisest, the smartest, the most intellectually gifted and then graced by God. I, I think you can have natural intellect, but then God comes and he gives you wisdom that goes far beyond your year in, years into things that are just seemingly impossible to know that Solomon was also the wisest man who ever lived. Now, I wanna tell you, that is a combination, isn't it? The, not just the wealthiest, but also the wisest man who ever lived. And the good news is, is that God says that we can have wisdom and discernment if we ask for it. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, we need to move from milk to meat. Can I get an amen? Milk to meat, milk to meat. The writer of Hebrews impressed that we need, mature, we need to mature in our faith. And so how many of you remember raising your kids? Come on, how many of you? And some of you have kids right now and you don't have to remember. <laughs> your eyes are barely open today in the service, okay? And remember when they moved from sort of milk to that solid food, even it was a kind of cereal kind of food, they slept better, didn't they? 
They just, just because they had the substance in their system, they slept better and man, boy, you know, it's incredible. When you have sleep deprivation, you'll do almost anything, just almost anything. And so we pray for young moms and dads. We know, uh, you know, God bless you. We'll give you sticks for your eyes, okay? God is good. You're gonna make it through this season. Come on, everybody. We're gonna make it through that season, right? Encourage them. Serious. Just like babies need substance to grow to the next level, Christians need substance. We need substance. And I wanna encourage you, if, if, we're, if we're just kinda messing sorta around with the milk that's out there, and you're just getting a little bit, and just a little bit, and a little bit, you need more things that are more substantial, not just to help you sleep, but to grow you into the person that God has called you to be, right, church? To grow you in his grace, to fill you in what he has for you. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Although by now you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. So this is a starting place that God says, now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because it just doesn't give you enough of the substance because he or she is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. Now watch this. For those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Many years ago, in our first Sunday school class, and how many of you remember Sunday school? What's up? All right. How many of you remember confirmation? That was before Sunday school, right? <laughs> confirmation. And so we grew up, I grew up Catholic, and uh, we were priesters. We went at Christmas and Easter. <laughs> and then I, I, I went to college, and um, my life was upside down in college, really just upside down. And I found Jesus. And when I found the Lord, I had a radical tra uh, transformation. I'm a rad I mean, radical, radical, radical. But I didn't understand. There wasn't enough structure around me to help me ground in the Lord. There was nothing meaty enough. I had my traditions that I knew from being Catholic. And we did go more than uh, Christmas and Easter. That, that's no slight against my parents. They're watching, so I've got to come. I've got to level up. <laughs> i got to level up. Uh, we went to religious education classes, all that. I, I was, you know, and I was an altar boy for a little while. And so, yeah, it was more than just Christmas and Easter. Um, but in college, I trusted Christ and really got the Lord, but I, but I didn't get much else. I didn't get too much else until we got where, into a place where we could listen. There was biblical teaching happening and we could be discipled some with the word of God. And so our form of sort of Sunday school are called small groups. And they're very, very important to disciple you. And then we have a college here at the crossing because we believe in the meat of the word of God. We just, we, yeah, you can clap for that. That's awesome. Come on. It's, it's, we believe in it. And um, so there's a little illustration that I, I, I want you to see. And um, I, I want you to just see how this plays itself out. Check it out.
Not really the way it should be, right? Milk is for babies and meat is for the mature. Meat is for the mature. I, however, I did not think about the implication of watching a juicy steak fry while we're <laughs> fasting. I didn't, I was, I'm like, dang, what's going on? So God's good, God's good. Eat meat, <laughs> eat the meat of the word of God. That, that's the point, okay? That, that really, that is, that is the point. And so all those years ago, we had a lady, she was our age, but in Sunday school, she said, the, the, the most important thing for a Christian, the, very, the most important thing is to be able to discern uh, good from evil. And it's still true, church. Like, it's true. It really, good from evil, right from wrong, to, to, to have your discernment trained, and we need the word of God to be able to do that, to get it inside of us so that we can get training. I wanna give you just a little, a little bit of a meaty concept here, okay? Is that, is that all right? Just a little bit of, of serving some meat here, and, and if you're brand new, you know what I mean, we'll puree it, all right? We'll, we'll give it to you. Here we go. Romans 5, 20 and 21. Uh, now, the law came to increase the trespass, or in that word, it's called sin. And sin means missing the mark, all right? Missing the mark with the Lord, trying to do it on your own, refusing to let the grace of God come into your life, sin. So the law shines a light on sin, the trespass, but where sin increased, this is good news, where sin abounds, there's another translation that says abounds, it means as it multiplies, grace abounded all the more. Can we get a praise God for that? Okay. Where sin piles up, grace abounds all the more. So no matter how high sin goes, grace goes higher. No matter how deep sin goes, grace goes deeper, yet deeper. It abounds more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A little explanation, okay, to help us, and I, and I hope to make this clear for you, because this doesn't really make sense to us, all right? The signs on I-75, as we unpack this, talk about the law for just a second. The signs on I-75, the speeding limit all right, on I-75, it, it does not keep people from speeding, <laughs> right? It just reveals who is speeding. It just reveals who's speeding. So the law, when God gave the law in Exodus chapter four, the, see, the law can't heal sin. The law can only reveal sin. It, is, it shines a light. The law in Exodus chapter four shines a light where God says, this is as far as I can go with you. Sin, you don't want to go any further than this. And what God says in the law is, if you go further than this, you will break yourself on it, on it being a barrier. Okay, the reason why the speeding limit is up there is so that we don't have the Autobahn on I-75. And the Autobahn, the Autobahn is the Autobahn, but we're not built for the Autobahn here. I know it's close depending on who is, who is driving, but really it's for the safety of everybody, and that's where the law comes, but the law only reveals it cannot heal. It, it is just a tutor to show us where we're missing the mark with God so that, now watch this, not so that punishment and condemn, condemnation come to us, but that healing comes to us, so that we can actually go to God with our most broken places and say to him, God, I have a problem, I can't fix this on my own. I've said this before, sin doesn't wash off in the shower. It's only cleansed by the blood. Sin, sin, human beings, you know, we can't fix ourselves, although we try hard. I try, I try all the time. We all, we all try. We can't fix ourselves. We need the blood of Jesus. And so I want you to think of your life as a house. 
And inside of that house, now you run the house, you have the deed to the house, and in the house are all the rooms and you know, the familiar rooms that you think of, the kitchen, the living room, the bedroom, the office, whatever it might be. And, and so just picture yourself like that. I want to personify grace and sin. And so grace is gonna say to sin. And in every, let's just say in your house, my house, whatever it might be, there is a dirty room. Can I get an amen? And, it, and, and what sin wants to do is he wants, sin wants to, personifying, I call them he, you know, we're talking about Satan. What sin wants to do is to multiply filth and disgust and just nasty stuff. Come on, you with me? That's what sin wants to do in our lives. And so picture that room, filthy, dirty, nasty, messy. The odd thing is, what happens to us, here's the deeper part of the teaching, what happens to us is because of the law, we feel like we wanna hide because there's gonna be retribution for God seeing the mess. So what happens to us is we fall into guilt and shame and condemnation and we say to the one who can fix the mess, don't come near my mess. And what grace says to sin is personified, please take me to the messiest room in this house because grace is always drawn to the dirtiest thing in your life. Grace actually wants to be next to that which is dirty. And, and so there are some nasty things. And you know what I mean? I had, I had roommates, just, just to think of nasty things for a second. And we're not going to go too nasty. You with me? Just my roommates in college, they uh, chewed tobacco. And they would have a little receptacle. And they would. Are you with me? Are you guys with me? Some of you are like, mm-mm. They would. That's nasty. Cats are nasty. Sorry. I just made a lot of enemies. So I'm not sure what happened. Baby diapers, pretty nasty. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, babies getting sick, that's pretty nasty. I can handle all that stuff. I can handle all that stuff. What I can't handle, for some reason, I don't know why, what I can't handle is when my dog gets sick. That's super nasty to me. Super nasty. I don't know why. It's like a joke in my family. I can handle most things, really. I mean, I really can, no problem. But when my dog gets sick, I'm tipping out. I, I really, I have physical, I mean, I really, and my wife now, my wife is not like that at all. She just comes right in the room and I'm, my eyes are rolling, I'm breathing. You know, I'm trying to move out of the vicinity. My wife comes right in, she's like, oh my goodness, gets right down there in it. Just cleans it right up. And here, here's what I wanna say to you. Grace will never say to your dirtiest place, that's too much for me. Never. Grace, that's not how the grace of God works. The grace of God is drawn to the, to the things that we think are the most despicable and what God actually wants to do with those things that are, we wanna hide, we wanna keep from him. We, wanna, we, we just say we're embarrassed in some way with shame, guilt, condemnation. He actually wants us, he'll come in, grace and sin. He says, sin, back up. If the owner of this house will let me, I will clean this room. And he will scrub the baseboards. He will repaint the walls. He will then put his wares in the room. And what was the most dirty will be on display for his glory. Now that's the God we serve. God's not afraid of your mistakes. Grace isn't just, though, unmerited favor. 
which means that I just dirty my room, you know, I just dirty that thing up and then I go, hey, Grace is coming, gonna clean the room, a holy housemaid. That's not what grace is. God gives an empowerment in grace. And so here's what I wanna say. Grace given by God is to do what you've never been able to do before. Let me say it again. Grace given by God, when we pray, we're talking about prayer, prayer and fasting in just, just a second. When, when we get grace from the Lord, the law has to step aside because we complete the law in his grace. And then God comes and says, I want to give you empowerment. You know how some moms could be just fretting and worried and all those things, and then some moms have a grace to be a mom. Come on. That's grace. It's just grace. Some people are in an educational setting and the whole class is distressed and worried. And one person's like, oh, I think I'm getting this. That's grace. That's grace. Some people can be in a marital situation and, and you go, you know, man, this is never going to change. It's going to be the same. And then God gives grace and you could think the way you've never thought before. Come on, somebody. It's grace. It's a supernatural empowerment to do what you could never do before. In regard to the house, Let's just go back to the house for a second. Grace would mean that God comes to you and you say to him, I want you to come to the dirtiest place. That's the first thing. I want. Please write that down. If you're a note taker, just don't be afraid to let God go to the dirtiest place in your house. You just say, I don't really want to do this, but you said that you would heal me. And so come on, come with me. And grace means that God then refurbishes the place. He does it. And now, come on church, you have the power to receive what is clean and to reject what is unclean. Come on. That's what grace is. So grace isn't, isn't the fact that we dirty, 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 and we just call on God. Grace is the empowerment from God so that we know how to not make it dirty again. Come on, somebody. Not only do we know how, we have the motivation we have the motivation, so God gives you from the inside out. If you, you know, shaming yourself, condemning yourself, and starting the new year in 2022 and saying, you know, I'm gonna get it right, get ready for a dirty room. Get ready for a dirty room. God's in the business of cleaning things and then giving us the emotional capacity to want them to stay clean, and that's the only way they stay clean. Amen. Pulling up your bootstraps will only work for about uh, 15 days. So what does that say, okay? So then we gotta ask and seek and knock from the Lord. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. So I ask you, uh, so I say to you, here's the scripture, Luke 11:9. 9. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who uh, asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? She's talking about food. Or if he asked you for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Nobody would. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give? Now, this is different. This is in Luke, but in Matthew, Mark, the other gospels, it's talking about just asking, knocking, seeking, asking. This, this right here in the book of Luke says, if you ask, not only will you get what you're asking for, you get the presence of the Holy Spirit to help you do and accomplish what you're asking for. Your Father in heaven will give you the spirit to those who ask him. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13. What we've received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
This is what we speak, not in words taught to us in human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. God freely gives to those who ask for this wisdom and this discernment, just like he did to Solomon. If you didn't know, we have started our 21-day fast, and um, the gra- I'm telling you, the grace to start this fast is the most amazing thing. And so, kind of, you know, no food. I started taking out the, the complex carbohydrates actually about 10 days ago, and so very little carbohydrates. They're complex still, but very little. And I started taking out sugar. The first thing you should take out when you fast is sugar. Everybody say sugar. It's the devil. It's, that's the first thing you take out. Take, take the sugar out, take the soda out, and then you'll prepare yourself for the fast. You, you, you'll get ready, okay? If you've not experienced the deeper realities of what God can do when you fast, we welcome you to jump in. You can go to the website right here, wearecrossing.com slash fast. Here's a little screenshot that you'll see, and there are fasting resources through that. If you're very brand new, you need to learn about fasting, you can learn right there. So why fast? You know, why, why fast? And uh, just a simple explanation, I, got, I feel like God gave me a picture of a pair of AirPods. Everybody familiar with AirPods, the Apple AirPods? Everybody, good, somebody? One person at the Tampa campus, that's awesome. One person. The, the AirPods, here's what God, uh, God said. When you fast, you go, in, there's two modes on the pros. And when you put them in, you can select and it goes to transparency mode. And transparency mode means, obviously now I'm able to hear, I'm listening, I'm listening to my music or whatever it is, but I can still hear what's going on outside. Most of the time before we fast or when we don't fast, all we hear is the noise from the outside and we never get to the harmonics of what we're really trying to listen to. Can I get an amen? Okay, so we go to transparency mode, but the more we fast, the more we pull into God, there's, a, there's, a, there's one little thing that you can move to that's called noise cancellation. And when you go to noise cancellation, it makes this, this sound, it goes whoom, and the outside noise is almost completely shut out. And, here, and, and I wanna tell you, when you fast, If you want your life to change in 22, fast and pray with the Lord and the outside clutter and the noise will get really quiet. It'll just get quiet and you'll be able to hear from the Lord to know what to do, how to move forward, how to discern what we're going through. I believe in that silence, when we can silence the other things and hear from God, that's when real things start to happen in our lives, amen? That's when it really really changes. You'll see there on that same uh, uh, website, the gates of Nehemiah, those would be prayed through through uh, 2022. And then the 21 day uh, fast email list is where you wanna clink, uh, click. And if you do, you'll join a whole bunch of people. God is so awesome. There are over 900 people who have chosen to go through the fast this year, 900. I, can't, I mean, how could God not move? How could God not move? If, if you haven't joined, join. You get a little email, a little devotional that comes with it. It'll give you scripture and help you jump into the seven mountains of influence, okay? And then the last thing here. So we need meat. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We'll seek him through fasting. And then we need to take the risk, church. We really just need to take the risk. We do. The Bible says that we're to share our faith. And here's a couple of scriptures, Mark 16, 15, I'm gonna jump down to. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the entire creation. You see, this message that Jesus has given us, and I'm, you know, I would be sort of prone to 
listing the kind of things that I want to do in 2022, like I told you at the beginning of the message, but my word is unity. And so I'm going to unify my thought, unify my efforts. I'm going to unify my voice for the Lord. I'm going to unify it. You say, well, isn't it unified enough? That I, I, you know what I mean? Before I spent so much time doing this, I spent a little bit more time telling people about Jesus. Now, I get to tell people about Jesus like this, and, and so the number of people that I've had the privilege of leading people to the Lord now is way greater than then, uh, but, you know, 30 years ago. But I love the opportunity to be in space with somebody and to say, can I tell you about Jesus? Is there any reason why you wouldn't receive him as Savior? And to lead them, like, take their hands and say, can we pray this prayer together? I mean, that's the stuff, right, church? That's the stuff. And God says, I want you to develop an urgency for the love of people, an urgency, a a move back into your heart that the message that you have is really, really important. So I'll give this illustration to end in a clip from the movie 1970. How many of you have seen the movie 1917? Good again. One person at Tampa. That's awesome. We don't go to the movies either. (laughs) You got to check out 1917. It's It's a World War I movie. The character, uh, who's the main character, Schofield, has been charged with delivering a message to Colonel McKenzie. And in the movie, this is a, this is a real account of, of real things that happened based on, on, on true events. Sam Mendez, the writer, um, got stories from his grandfather, Lance Corporal Alfred H. Mendez, and then crafted the movie, put the movie together. So Schofield gets the message. He needs to go to the colonel. There are thousands of men in the trenches and they're gonna go over the top and they're gonna charge the enemy's sort of anchored position, but it's a trap. Everybody say it's a trap. So we need to know when we're supposed to move and when we're supposed to stay. And he gets the message that he's gotta go tell those who are in charge, don't do this, don't go over the top right now. And he rec- there's a point, you'll see it in just a second, there's a point in which he recognizes the gravity of the situation and the timing that he's not going to be able to get the message to the colonel before they're sent out. And so the urgency, the, the counting the cost so that we would say, I'm going to give some of my own life to help save somebody else's life. Check it out. Where is Colonel McKenzie? He's further up the line. How far? 300 yards. He's in a cut and cover. You'll have to wait until the first wave goes over. No, no, I can't.
Amen. 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 So God, I, I, we're going to pray just as we're, as we're closing for that same kind of grit and determination. Um, just to, just to see the kind of heart that's out there to see. How many of you want to see people come to know Jesus as Savior? You know, the stats say that only about 2% of Christians um, have the opportunity to be in the, what they call the delivery room. To, uh, to lead somebody to Jesus. And I, wanna, I just want to pray for you. That's how, that's how I want to end. I, we need the meat of the Word of God, don't we? We need meat. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We really, we, this fasting and praying is not magic. It takes a little bit of effort, but it's not magic. We, we need the grace of God. And then I'm going to pray that this year in 2022, that God blesses you in a way that is supernatural. And then you get to lead somebody to Jesus. Maybe it's in the first week. Maybe. How many of you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus? Yeah. Let's start out there. Let's pray. Let's pray like that. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with him for just across campuses? Would you say, Lord Jesus, God, give me grace. Come on, let's start out saying, I will not keep you from that one house in my room. Oh, Father, I just so, I feel that's an, that's an anointing. When you're saying that to the Lord, God is anointing you to do something different. God's anointing you. God's anointing you. He's bringing you grace. And what you've not been able to do, when you let God do it, he'll do it instead of you. You see, when we want perfectionism, let me, let me just speak to you for a second. When we want perfectionism and we try harder, it goes the opposite direction. Said him, Lord, I'm going to yield to you. Come on, tell him real big, every voice, Lord, I'm going to yield to you. I'm yielding to you right now. And I just want to, I want to put this prayer right here in the middle of what we're doing. If every voice again say, Lord Jesus, I surrender. I truly give you my life today. And if you prayed that way, would you signify to us, heads bowed and eyes closed, still we're, we're right here in the middle of the prayer. Just, would you signify to us that you prayed that way? Would you slip your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. We see you, friends, all over. Slip them up, hold them up for just a moment. We see you, friends, all over. Across our campuses. It just, what we're doing is we're gonna bring you a card. We wanna help you get going. We're not done praying yet. I, I, it won't be a super long prayer. We're not done yet, though. Anybody else today saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus? Wow, all over, all over. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Anybody else today? If you're in the balcony, the bleachers, raise your hand nice and tall. We don't wanna miss you. Awesome, 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 awesome. 
Okay, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you'd like for me to pray for you to have courage to let God into the deepest place of your life, would you raise your hand? Raise your hand, amen. Father, come on, prayer partners, believers, Christians, everybody begin to pray. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to come into the places that we've been so ashamed of. God Almighty, you're able to heal and cleanse and deliver. Be what we could never be in this space. Take away what we can't send away on our own. Bind the devil in Jesus' name. Release your power. Release your power, God. And we believe this room will never be the same again. We give you, say to him, we give you, I give you permission. Say, I give you permission. We hope you enjoyed that message from Pastor Greg Dumas. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. There you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts. You can also download our Crossing Church app at wearecrossing.com slash app. We hope you'll join us this weekend at one of our locations. For more information, visit wearecrossing.com.